If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst, the very worst, of horror movies, and then we talk about them. My name is Luke Condo with Kate, and I'm joined by the regular, Mr. One and Only, Mr. Mr. Ten Hats. How many hats have you got? <laughs> um, I reckon ten, maybe more than ten. Exactly I've got, ten. I've gone okay. exactly ten. I've gone on a bit of a hat flurry recently and bought a few more, so you know, there we go. It's Mr. Ben Errington. <laughs> Mr. Ben Errington. <laughs> Ten and a half hats, Ben Errington. Yeah. Ten and a half hats. Yeah, what, how many hats do you own? Just, I've never seen that hat that you've got on right now before. This is not This is my dad's hat. Um, oh, the, that's a bit the, up. Give the, it back to him. <laughs> we've got the same shaped head, so it worked out quite well. And um, I went to visit him, and this hat decided to come and live with me. Uh, and the other hat I've got is a cap that is, was Cat's dad's hat that he oh, bet, borrowed cat- to me. Yeah. Collecting dad's hats. Do they know? <laughs> do they know that you take these hats, or do you just take them and go? I, like I think that. they see my head and think I need to put something on that, and then <laughs> and then uh, I just end up with a hat. That's, I need to put something on that. It's yeah. like when you see a coaster on a table. Like, it's like when you see that. like a pair of bollocks out. You think I better just put put cover yourself up. Lad. A pair of what? Bollocks. <laughs> a pair of bollocks. <laughs> it's when you see a pair of bollocks just milling about. You go cover them up for just love of God. Pottering about. Pottering. Have you uh, what have you been watching recently? You've been watching a lot of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a fair few things. Not really horror stuff. I've kind of just been collecting yeah. things that I've kind of missed. Well, I say missed, but like a few cinema releases that I've kind of checked out. There's still mm. a few things I want to see before the year is through to really round off 2018 in a lovely way. So yeah, I've had a yeah. few cinema trips. I've seen, I've seen Widows, the new Steve McQueen film, heist nice. film. Which nice. was good, nice. Yeah. I'd give, I'd give it uh, a solid eight point four out of ten. It's quite solid. That's quite solid. I saw Sorry to Bother You. The uh, I want to watch that. Yeah, I mean it's proper insane, like really, really mental. It kind of feels like um, Gondry, like yeah, uh, yeah, Eternal Sunshine a little bit, but then it's kind of, I mean, it's incredibly quirky. So uh, Boots Riley directed, um, yeah, nuts. So I give that a seven point nine out of ten. Bit squishier. Bit squishier. Uh, what else? 
Creed 2. Saw Creed 2 last night, which was, you know, I, I've only just seen the first one as well, so I kind of left that late. Um, How did it compare kinda, to the first one? It's probably not quite as good as the first one, but I mean, it's got a lot going for it. Um, it does feel like a real classic Rocky film in terms of the structure of the story, you know. Um, Were you way- uh, like inspired? afterwards to go for oh, a... I always feel inspired it's got an absolutely wonderful uh, training montage nice. that rivals um, Rocky 4 I think is it Rocky 4 the one where he's doing all the stuff in the that's, snow and yeah, the, the mountain that's the Ivan Drago one that makes sense yeah Ivan Drago one yeah, yeah. yeah. so it kind of, there are a lot of parallels to that film okay um, but yeah this is it's really good and Michael B. Jordan is a great leading man got a lot of time for him he's got a lot of uh, pecs like he's got like eight. He's got an eight pack. He's got an eight pack, and he's yeah. got all the pecs going on. And then you know he's just got one of those faces where he's just like, wow, he's he's yeah. dark and brooding. Yeah, yeah, handsome guy. Uh, what else? Uh, I think that's all I've seen of note. I believe. Apart from that, I've been watching Maniac on Netflix. Jonah Hill, Emma Stone, yeah. uh, mini series. Nearly finished with it now. Who who made that? That's um, what's his name? Fucking our. Oh god, I'm just Carrie absolutely... Fucking. Fuckin yeah, yeah, that's Carrie, what I mean. Carrie fucking out. Fuck, fuck it. Fuck, fucking hell, Carrie fucking Yeah, the, um, the, du- <laughs> the dude yeah. who is make who is going to be making the new Bond. Am I right? Interesting, interesting choice. Yeah, well, I know it's because Danny Boyle got the got the boot, but yeah. So Maniac, True Detective. Um, he made Beast of No Nation, the Idris Elba film, and now he's on Bond Twenty Five pre-production. Done all right. Done all right. So, um, wait, well, he's, Carri- he's worked with Idris Elba before, has he? Yes. Does this yeah, mean that in his, in his only other feature, I believe? Does this mean that we can expect Idris Elba to be Mr. Bond? Well, who's to say? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, we can. If he's worked with Idris, he's mm. also worked with Jonah Hill. So maybe Jonah Hill will be the next Bond. Okay. Okay. Now, maybe. Now I'm in. Maybe. Maybe Emma Stone will be the next Bond. Maybe you'll be the next Bond, Luke. Jamie Bond, yeah. Bolt, James Bold. He'll be called yeah. <laughs> J- James Bold. J- James, where did you get that hat? My dad. <laughs> James Dad Hat Bond. Yeah. I um. I think the only thing I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a couple of bits. I think we've been watching a lot of Impractical Jokers because that's just gone onto Netflix. And that's the kind of thing you can throw on and like just you don't have to think at all. You just kind of chuckled along to it but i remember i stuck on uh jigsaw like the new saw film that's that's on netflix now have you seen that no i haven't i kind of gave up on the saw films uh yeah quite yeah quite early you made on. the correct decision there's so many things <laughs> that annoyed me about this film so I saw, I saw the trailer and it looked like a really cheap made for tv movie or episode of something it looked yeah. naff yeah naff naff is the word uh, but it's like, uh, so it's basically four people wake up in a jigsaw-style um, trap, and it pulls them through a series of things. And at the same time, the police are trying to work out who is Jigsaw now because Jigsaw's dead and all this kind of stuff. But there's so many times where, like, it doesn't make any sense. It's so lazy. Like, there's one bit where you find out why everyone's been put into this situation because it normally works out that Jigsaw's testing them because of some bad thing they've done in their life. Uh, but one of them was like, James, you uh, used to go out with your mates in a car and then you got everyone drunk and then jumped out of the car and then the car crashed and your friends died. That was your fault. But you never told anyone. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, how do you know? You, you're well-certed. <laughs> you're like about to kill this dude. 
Yeah. But like based on what? Like I just got a feeling. Yeah, you got a feeling about you. <laughs> You're a bad. I egg. got a feeling about you. I'm gonna rip oh, your face off. Nonsense. I've, yeah. I think I've, I think I got to like the third film of Saul, and yeah. it was so it had so many unnecessary twists at the end where I was just like twists yeah. for the sake of twists. <laughs> yeah. Where that didn't make sense. Uh, weren't weren't particularly interesting. Yeah. And I think I just went, yeah, I'm kind of done for it now. And I really I really enjoyed the original Saul. I think you've got to think about it in the sense of like nipples. Like if you do one twist, it's quite pleasant. Any more twists and it starts to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Get off me! <laughs> Things start to go purple. Just leave me alone. Things go uh, purple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first one, I want to watch it again. I've not seen it in a long time, but in my head it holds up. Yeah, I mean, the first one, as far as I remember, I mean, that when that twist or the reveal at the end, you know, I was really, yeah. I was really into it. I was like, no way, man! Oh yeah. my God! But then, yeah, after a while. So I've never seen any others. And there's like seven... And then yeah. saw 3D, and then wait, we're going to call this one Jigsaw. As soon as I saw that there was a new one, and people were getting hyped about it, I just said, absolutely yeah. no. It was the first time I realized, oh, Jigsaw, Saw, that works, as a, the, the word fits into that thing. I'm sure many people have thought of that before, but... Nothing gets past you, mate. <laughs> it was a revelation to me. Um, I thought, I've used to think the original Saw was called Saw, because there was a saw in the middle of the floor. But... Well, <laughs> Yeah. Wait. But, no. But that's, I, is that always? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, why? Then, yeah. That's why I thought. But then it's, all the other films are called saw, but there's not really any saws involved. Sometimes they have like circular saws. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I like yeah. That, there's that. There's that guy on YouTube. I can't remember his name, but he he did the whole thing. He's like, "Did you see saw? Yeah, saw saw. Did you see saw too? No, but I saw saw four. What do you see saw three before you saw saw three four? That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I'm I'm impressed by that because that sounds interesting. But your ability to recreate that as well—it's been through. <laughs> That's gone through my head more times than I've seen the movies. You've been friends, isn't it? Uh, you know, when you're in the shower and you kind of sing along to a song. Sometimes I just do that. <laughs> you see, so <laughs> yes, or so. What, what are you doing in there? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Just to yes, or so. <laughs> yes, or so. Did you see so? I'm seeing so right now. I feel a bit sore. Yeah. I'm washing. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, don't watch it. Um, I'd advise not to. Don't watch that. Have you seen anything else recently apart from the f- uh, film we're about to discuss? Uh, so quick look, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the new oh, Coen Brothers yeah. film. I've still got to see that. That's on the list for December. It's a bit slow going in places, but you, it's that's the tone of it. It's I feel like it's um, the movie equivalent of Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, um, very nice. Maybe it's a nice little... If you've been playing that game, this might be a nice little uh, accompaniment. accompaniment. Side yeah. dish. Side dish, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's good. There's a couple of sec- sections in it that I really loved. Um, and the rest are good. Not, But like, I'm probably not bothered about watching them again. Yeah. So it's like a sort of anthology uh, series of shorts, essentially, in one S- film, right? S- yeah, six films. Or musing about death, and there's like some that are more comedy, some that are more hard drama. Like there's one that's like got really cutting end to it that's uh, just heartbreaking. Uh, but oh. they're, all, they're all really good, they're like Ooh. really well made. And uh, Tom Waits is in it, and he plays like a oh yeah uh, a gold digger guy. Um, and he's it's great, it's fantastic. Take money when I'm in need. That one. That's, yeah, he, he kind of wants to get married to a wealthy man <laughs> and take all his oh. money. Yeah, who can, who can blame him? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, other than that, not really. Uh, other than the film we watch, that we're going to talk about tonight, 
which took me four it took me three goes to get through it. You what? You watched it three times. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it from start to finish, front to back, cover to cover, three times. I know what you mean. I think it took me three, maybe four, and it's quite a short film. So that's for the that recommended to be said, viewing times to to get through it. Yeah, and I mean, like this film has always been kind of when it came out. I remember thinking. Oh, I'll give that a watch eventually. And it came out in 2005. Yeah. So in that time, it's always kind of been on the peripheral. Every time I hear about it, I go, I should really watch that just to see what it's all about. And then finally, so 13 years later, I finally got around to watching it. And yeah. You happy? I don't know if I'd say happy. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go into my reasons, but it's just very, it's just so bland. Well, the, like, yeah. Okay, so well, let's, the name of the film, as you probably know, because you clicked on the episode, is Alone in the Dark. It's from 2005. Uh, have you got the, the blurb on it? There we go, yeah. So Alone in the Dark is 2005 Canadian, German, American action horror film, loosely based. I'm going to really focus on that loosely based on the fourth installment of the Info Games video game series of the same name. It's directed by... Uwe Ball? Is that how we're saying that? I, I've been pronouncing it ooh. Like a, ew. Like a, ew. <laughs> ew, Ball. <laughs> Uwe Ball. Uh, this film stars yeah. Christian Slater, um, Tara Reid, Stephen Dorff, loads of other people. Um, and there even was a sequel released in 2008. Can you believe that? I can't. I didn't even know that. Um, Nor did I. But here, here we go. Well, what's, the, what's, the bloody, what's the bloody thing about a detective of the paranormal slowly unravels mysterious events with deadly results. I mean, everything that's gone into that blurb is kind of you just, yeah, that kind of sums you up. So this is the third in our video game adaptation chatter. Um, yeah. And so we've got one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That was my initial warning flag, and I was like, okay, this might not be a whoa, 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 whoa. But then, <laughs> but then you think, okay, but like, no, because I mean. The like the room, you know. There's uh, Troll Two. There's these terrible films that are still kind of fun to watch because of how like bad they are. Uh, and then yeah. it had it's got a two two point three out of ten on IMDb, and I was like, I would have expected more if that was the case on IMDb. Anything less than seven out of five, um, seven point five out of ten, then you know something's gone wrong. Um, the critics consensus on um, Rotten Tomatoes says inept on almost every level. Alone in the Dark may not work as a thriller, but it's good for some head-slapping, incredulous laughter. See, I don't think that's even true. I found this film the, <laughs> like, the most boring watch <laughs> I think ever. Like everything's just, everything's bearable. Like the special effects aren't fantastic; they're not terrible, but they're bearable. The dialogue's bearable. Everything's just like kind of. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I can uh, bearable. Some somebody's somebody's well, okay, dialogue. Yeah. Well, okay. Literally felt like a swift karate chop in the neck. It was just like, uh, I guess it's not like, it's not out and out ridiculous cheese. It's, it's not terrible enough to be funny. Yeah. Like, no, no, I think that's the point. Obviously, yeah. with bad films, sometimes you there's a line of bad, so bad it's good, and yeah. so bad it's just boring, which I guess this film just does. It just completely wanders around aimlessly in the dark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's literally nothing... I mean, I've played some of the games. Not the really old ones, but I played like one which was on like Xbox um, probably around about the same time, maybe a little bit earlier. And as far as I can tell, there's pretty much nothing that links it to those games. Um, it's got Christian Slater, who's almost comatose. 
throughout in a leading role. Yeah. Um, and sort of like just the most hammy dialogue from the supporting cast. The exposition Tara, in the dialogue Tara, is insane. Uh, the like, exposition, I mean, the beginning of this film. The, ran- like, the random voiceovers that oh start my about God. halfway through. Yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, the action, the the CGI, the the gore, if you can call it that, um, it just felt like a hodgepodge of just nonsense. Where the, I was just the literally new just metal like, section. I, there was so it's much weird. new metal. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the soundtrack for this film. Have do you know about the soundtrack? No. Where? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the soundtrack for a second. Right. Maybe it's not the right time to talk about the soundtrack, but the soundtrack. The soundtrack is a two-disc extravaganza. On disc one, 19 songs. On disc two, 20 songs. So that's 39 songs, and most of it is new metal or like industrial metal yeah. or like just, or thrash. Basically, is a who's, I don't know how this has happened, because how many of these songs do you even hear in the soundtrack? So we've got Fear Factory, In Flames, Machine Head, Soul Work, Dillinger Escape Plan, Meshuggah, Nightwish, Cradle of Filth, uh, and then All Shall Perish, Dying Fetus, some apps and bands. You know, a few years ago, I'd listen to the, I'd listen to the hell, to the hell out of that. Oh my God, hell yes. I mean, I, I would definitely listen to it, but it's just so bizarre that this soundtrack is, it's just a really weird... And also, not all of those songs appear in the film, do you know? Of course not. No, of course not. I think you probably count like two or three new metal sections. I remember, I remember all... two. I remember the outro credits... Also, 2005, is this even the right sort of era for when new metal was really big in films? It was sort of like, I thought it was like 2002 to 2004, maybe, maybe, if you're lucky. But this was um, like, when I looked at that soundtrack, I just thought, I wonder if anybody owns that. Yeah. It would be fantastic if they did. Yeah. I I want to own it. I might get it on Spotify, give it a go. But um, this, (laughs) so I was doing a bit of research into Uwe Ball, Uwe Ball. Um, and then s- I saw some some mix of comments and say he, he was he's doing a producer's thing where, you know, the film the producers where the idea is they make a bad film yeah, um, and then they make money off the bad film. But I don't think that's true because why would you use IP in that case? Like if you're just trying to make a bad film and you didn't want to make money on, no. you wouldn't use a name IP. No, you wouldn't. And you, also... Yeah, I guess you wouldn't. It's a it's a weird one because I guess Alone in the Dark has never been massively popular, especially in the survival horror genre. I mean, I know it's some, I know it's one of the games that initiated that survival horror genre, but it's been, never been like a huge, a huge sort of franchise game franchise. Yeah. No, no. I mean, there was a potential like a reboot, but it's just a weird one. And obviously, he's done uh, House of the Dead as well. He's done Far Cry. So clearly, like getting hold of these video game IPs. Like can't be that difficult, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. What's he playing at? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, he's an interesting guy. Um, but this film, I don't like to make fun of films. Like, well, I guess I do in some ways, but I don't like to like rip into something where I feel like someone's already been piling piled on on top of. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It, it feels it feels like this is going to be one of those films where we can't say anything that hasn't been said. Yeah. hundreds of times before because it's been absolutely slated but i guess we can just talk about our personal experience watching the film which for the most part was just boredom but i mean there were definitely some parts where i was like what yeah. the hell is going on 
Yeah. I'm just so bizarre. Well, I mean, halfway through, I was I completely lost the plot. Like, literally, I have no idea yeah. what what was going on. Hundred percent. I had I had no idea what the stakes were. I had no idea what the what was the aim of this film. What did they have to do? Even though they kept like telling you what they were going to do next. Yeah. Were, the ex the exposition was 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 there was absolutely yeah. loads of it. The way Even they introduced characters. Happening. Oh, she's in a bad mood because her husband's been missing for five years. Like a really weird way to introduce someone. <laughs> there's a really, there's yeah. some really, really weird moments in this where I kind yeah. of felt like I want to rewind that and watch it again, but I can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it like how long was this film? It felt like it felt about like three hours, like two and a half hours or something. That's how long it felt, but I don't think it was. It was yeah. about an hour, an hour and thirty. Hour and twenty. <laughs> yeah. It felt like three hours. Yeah, it felt like. Imagine, just imagine, you paid to watch this in the cinema. Adapt it even got a cinema release, did it? I, I think it. I think it did. In my head, it feels like a straight to DVD sort of jobber. It could have potentially been that, but I do apologise. This was my suggestion. But to be fair, when I was thinking about video game horror movies after Silent Hill, Resident Evil, I did kind of lose the plot a little bit and go, "Yeah, yeah that that exists." Yeah, but uh, we watched it. Um, I'm I'm going to struggle a little bit with the plot, like I said. Um, I don't think we're, we're, there's absolutely no way we're going to be able to go beat by beat. So let's just keep it vague okay as the film kept it okay but if you remember how does the film open opens with a, a really long text scroll and a guy talking in fact so i couldn't find the, the the plot summary to remind myself what happened so i went on to a user on imdb so like a user put their own plot summary and the yeah, way yeah. they, they talked about the it. opening was the narrator reads a long boring story about the existence of an ancient native american civilization which disappeared for unknown reasons like it just it just seems to go on and on um, it's think, so long it's probably a couple of minutes long yeah, which is a yeah. long time to you know introduce a movie i mean even when a film opens with like one or two lines even now i find it a bit i go eh yeah i'd rather just show me yeah, you know? yeah show me what's going on yeah uh and then we're introduced to oh there's a kid yeah so uh christian slater as the kid is um oh yeah so he's dreaming or something he's like in a, a powered cupboard <laughs> He's and in a high, he's, yeah. And then he's in the plane like, or something. There's some creatures. Then he's on a plane and he has a weird exchange with a kid where a kid says something like, uh, my mom told me not to be scared of the dark. And he goes, you got to be scared of the dark, kid, because that's where there's loads of horrible shit. Or something. He says yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. And the kid goes, what? <laughs> uh, and, then, and then he gets in a taxi after he's been in there and he has a really, really weird exchange with like the taxi driver where the taxi driver is sort of just so what do you do? You wouldn't uh, believe me. And the taxi you wouldn't believe like me if a, I told you. Like a kid, like a geeky kid or oh. something, um, who likes to listen to new metal. I imagine that's the target audience of this film. He's listening to Fear Factory in the car. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and also, so yes, we right in near the start here. We've got like a, a chase sequence. There's a big bold guy who was a weird. Like he looks like a henchman sort of guy, but why would they dress him like? So he's like dressed a, in like a, in like a white short sleeve shirt, which is too yeah. big for him. Yeah, um, and sort of like beige slacks. Yeah, he's got like really shitty sunglasses, which like wrap around your head. He's got like a little goatee. So he's supposed to be like a henchman or something, but he just looks like Kenny, who lives down a road, who yeah, yeah. Coll- collects um, figurines. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, what's his name? The, the costumes are crazy. I mean. Christian Slater's wearing a long dark coat, so you know he's a badass, like and he's a paranormal investigator type. Um I think he's got like a um it's he's carrying 
I don't know, an item. <laughs> he's carrying he's carrying like a bit he's carrying like a bit of tat that he's <laughs> that, that he's found, <laughs> yeah. which is good for some reason. But yeah, do you know this fight sequence fighting with the dude was really weird. Well, but, like the physics didn't seem to like no work. Like there was a, there was a lot of like just jumping and just yeah. flying up. It was just it was just very very strange. And it was like go on. I don't know. It was just it was just odd. And then I just found it like the most cringe-worthy fight sequence I think I've ever seen in a film. Well, it was bizarre because it, it was kind of second-rate Matrixy kind of yeah. fighting. Like there's one bit where he's on the floor and yeah. he, and he hovers up. And like horizontally and kick without like doing anything with his arms, not like you know, swinging back and like leaping up out Bruce Lee or anyone does it. Like he kind of hovers up foot first and kick, <laughs> kicks the item out of the guy's hands. And like he's doing this kind of matrix like wire stunt stuff that they never do again. So it's almost like, yeah, he like yeah, used all of his like special move powers in the start of the film and then they ran yeah. out of budget for that stuff. And then he just started going, Oh, get off from then that. It's like all guns and like, yeah. There's, there's no more Matrix fighting moves. Um, a bit of bullet time, I think, in this one. Like, since we, there's there's the so much effects, bullet time, obviously, man. Obviously, some money like has gone into this. Like, yeah. It's not like low budget enough to me, for me to go, you know, cut a bit of slack. It's not like it, it's got enough budget to be a decent film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then what happens after that? He goes to the museum and, and, and hooks up with Tara Reid. Um, and it's really weird. how she is introduced is weird because she punches him in the face. She put, she goes to him. Oh my God, it's you. And she like holds him and she goes, and she punched him square in the face and said, I uh, thought you were dead. She, yeah. Tara reading this is misty eyed, open mouthed, useless. Yeah. She is just like, she's not believable as a, like a, a curator. Some of sort any, of archaeologist of assistant. Some sort something. of archaeologist yeah. assistant curator. It looks like she's, in a no disrespect to actually plain disrespect to Tara Reid she looks like she's in like some low budget porno parody where she got like a pen behind her ear and like her hair like yeah. bunched up and she's all like oh my god it's just I mean she's never been good as she but still my god yeah I mean I, don't, I think she was in American Pie and then that... I think she was alright in American Pie that was like her magnus that, opus but that was her playing the same person like she's been that same person ever since yeah yeah, so they're like, right, it worked in American Pie yeah. um, as an attractive uh, young lady, you know, with husky voice, husky voiced um, girl who don't take no shit. Basically, you're going to do that, but now you're an assistant curator for a museum. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, what happens? It okay? So there, there's like some other professor now who's like involved in the museum somehow. He finds like a a coffin made of gold somewhere on the ocean floor um but then like the the, the person who's like the captain of the sh- of the ship that's helping him collect it like tries, tries to, to steal, steal it. it yeah uh but then hudgens manages to like somehow survive like everyone else ends up dead for some reason there's evil spirits in it or some shit yeah so there's uh okay, mysterious so, creature <laughs> so there's like zombie-ish sort of creatures not like pe- people who are like zombies running around um, and they don't look like they were dancers. Like they look like normal yeah. people. Which you know, you never you need if you're gonna have creatures, you have dancers. You got a tiny dancer, don't you? Yeah. Um, and then there's also these. They look a bit like the things from Pitch Black, I guess. Um, a bit more dragony. I these... think they're never they're never consistent. These things. There's always yeah. some sort of like weird dragony 
beast that yeah. kind of is is sort of like in the in the dark. I don't know. I was a bit like, what the hell is that supposed to be? And they go invisible and and stuff, and then uh, loads of them attack, and then it, the the lights cut out, and then we get like the first big new metal scene, and it's just like they're just shooting guns. Yeah. For like 10 yeah, minutes. they're shooting guns and like <laughs> and like the flash the flashes from the muzzle of the gun is like lighting up these creatures and yeah. just it looks like cheap ass um, yeah. video game FMV. It yeah. reminded me. It reminded me in places of, despite being one of the best games of all time, the original Resident Evil has an opening which is like a live action opening. I know what you which mean. Which is obviously yeah. super cheesy yeah. um, action movie. Barry Burton, as they introduce each character, it reminded yeah. me of that. This this moment reminded me of that, but obviously ten years later. And yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, that goes on for like ten minutes, and we're introduced to Bureau Seven Thirteen, which is this sort of. Uh, I don't even know what they actually do. I guess they're like <laughs> yeah. DPRD. They're a sort what? of. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What are you guys even doing around here? What are we paying you for? Well, we're just milling about. Yeah. Shooting our guns if any like creatures turn up for some reason. I was, I was also getting some Relic Hunter vibes from it. I don't know if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I felt a little bit like that, yeah. There's stolen props from Relic Hunter, I think. Yeah. Um, Stephen Dorff, who I only really know from Blade. I remember him being pretty good in Blade. Yeah. Uh, but in this... Uh, he, he, is, he is, without a doubt, the best actor in this film. Like, he isn't great in this film. Yeah. But I still kind of think... I, I still kind of believe his character... Ten times more than I believe anybody else in this film. Yeah, especially Christian Slater. Like he's got a long leathery trench coat on, and like leather a wife, trousers, leather trousers, are like a wife beater. He's yeah. got like the bit. He's got like the biggest fucking uh, revolver. Yeah, it just <laughs> seems like overkill for someone who's like a paranormal investigator. I know he's coming up against all these creatures and stuff. I know that, but he's got a massive revolver that's going to break your wrist if you fire it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we get the impression that Christian Slater used to work with Stephen Dorff and Bureau Seven Thirteen, but he quit because he didn't like it. Didn't <laughs> the ben- the benefits? The yeah. benefit system wasn't good enough. Pension to get him- scheme was standard, four uh, percent. Yeah, 
No stocks okay. and shares. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and the yeah. car parking situation, you know, terrible. But uh, so, so oh yeah, so, so what happens? So he he says to Stephen Dorff, "Yo, man, we uh, there's these creatures knocking around. Um, we need to go to uh, like a big thing in the ground, big hole in the ground somewhere. Yeah, it's next to a big car park, I think." And, yeah. and he's like, oh, good, because I can't always fucking park my car. <laughs> it's a massive car park. There's, there's absolutely it's thousands of spaces. Yeah. Thank, God. Thank God. And this time we're introduced to more characters who I just instantly didn't care about or want to know about. The other, other agents who get their own little mini side stories, A, a and B story sort of stuff. Um, yeah. It's like one of them can't get the lights to work. One of them gets uh, trapped in a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like, and like a dude who works at the museum as well. He's got like a bit of a... Yeah, like a security guard dude who's also got a bit of a story where they're like, oh. yeah, yeah, he gets like eaten by something. He gets covered with one liners in. I think I think he ad libs a bit, and then Iwi Bowles like, that's solid gold, mate. <laughs> that's absolutely solid gold, mate. I'm putting yeah. that in. I'm, you're yeah. going to make you the lead of this method act in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've been, he's like, he's. I'm actually, I'm actually security guard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm working here tonight. Uh, just popped in early, um, and then so they go to the big hole in the ground. They set up loads of lights, but the lights don't come on. And <laughs> there's a big wave of uh, the monsters. Um, and they, so they they like live in the dark and they hate the light. I don't know where they've come from, really. I don't know where <laughs> the coffin thing will happen with that. I don't know what they want, what their end goal is to take over the world. I don't know how this is related to the Abkhani, who are like this old, yeah, old like think... uh, tribe. The earlier in the original the dialogue that the voiceover it said there was a, an open bit between the world of light and dark and some of the evil seeped through. So I guess these beasts are the seepage of evil yep. and they're sort of I don't know why the they're last, running around. They're like, the, the last line of defense Christian Slater and then the Bureau of yeah. Seven, the Bureau 713. They're like we've been sorting all this shit out for years and let's yeah, sort it yeah. out again. Yeah, but they, they go into the hole. So Christian Slater, Stephen Dorff, and Tower Reed, they go into the hole and they're going to close the gate uh, or whatever with a bomb. Standard practice. Um, yeah, what are you going to close that gate with? I'm just going to close. Just going to close it. No, no, bomb it. Yeah, but that might <laughs> that a, might make the hole bigger. Yeah, that's how bombs work. Bomb it. <laughs> <laughs> just close the door. Yeah. Let us on a hinge. Close yeah. the door here. It's got a lock on it. Bomb yeah. it. That's pretty much it. They get into some scraps. Uh, oh, there's a guard that goes with them who gets eaten by a worm, like a sandworm thing. Yep, there's a sandworm that goes in his... No, in his, up, up his... What's it? Up um, his wasn't Up his doo-wop. Yeah. He gets killed. So, there's like the um, the, the architecture, archaeologist guy who's got a worm in his gut as well. I don't know what happened to him. That's not that's unrelated to all the monsters. He's just got um tapeworm. That is okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um so he's probably like eating, you know, thousands of calories and not putting a single pound on, the lucky devil. And oh. um so he goes off to live his life as a uh, America's next top model. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So okay, yeah, so uh Chrissy and Slater, Stephen Dorf, they have a bit of a I don't like you but I respect you sort of relationship. Look, I don't like you, man, but I respect you. I respect your long leather coat, your leather trousers, 
what shoes you got on Reebok Classics. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. I don't agree with it, but I respect oh, it. I'm an Adidas man myself. <laughs> exactly. Puma, <laughs> get out of here. You don't speak like that at all. Yeah, Puma. You don't speak like that. Uh, yeah. Puma. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, yeah. now we're discussing it and my mind is wandering. My mind was doing so much of that while watching this film. I couldn't concentrate for more than like a minute without going, oh, who's uploaded something on Instagram <laughs> then? Well, there we go. And literally, yeah. you don't pay attention to this film for like 10 seconds. You look back and you, you're screwed. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely screwed. Yeah. No, happened to me. I was doing the same thing. Uh, th- one time, uh, I, f- I think I fell asleep, but I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I'm not too sure if it was just the film. Like, I think I, I was struggling. I, 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 I think when I watched this film, it was a week when I was feeling particularly tired. You yeah. know where you're like, God, I'm tired by like a ridiculous time. So yeah. I think every time, every time I put it on, immediately yeah. made my eyes so heavy. I think I even dreamed about Christian Slater at one point. I think he was in my dream, like talking to me. Weird. That's true. That's true. I did actually think that. I had a dream and Christian Slater was in there going, look, this film sucks. You need to turn it off. Yeah, they use this film as a sort of medicine for insomniacs. Just pop that on. Oh, yeah. Straight to sleep. Try to, it's like Captain Sheep, try to follow the logic of this film. And they're sort of going through it in the head and then they just start to wear out. Then they go, right, tell me, what's the end goal? What, what do these characters want to do? Who do these, what do these guys want to achieve? What's the bad thing that could happen? What are they trying to avoid? You literally <laughs> have no clue. Things yeah. are happening all over the place, but what they mean no clue yeah uh so <sighs> uh, they go into Stephen Dorff and Christian Slater and Tara Reid they go into this room and it's meant to be the other dimension the dark side it's a big open chasm and you see thousands of these things in the distance like yeah. moving across that, they the wave her and then they wave back it's weird that none of them come to attack them or none of them do anything um they, they just, just sort of chilling. stand there um and then they, they set the bomb, um, but oh dear, the uh, what's it called the, the timer is not. They forgot to set the timer or something. <laughs> so oh, no, one... I think they can't detonate it. They try. They get quite. They run away. They can't detonate it because they're too far away for some reason. The signal's jamming. So okay. Stephen Dorff, for, for, for seemingly for no reason, is r- suddenly willing to yeah. give up his life to yeah. make sure this thing closes. Like I would, I'd be like, nah. Let's just see if if we can't close it. Let's just see what happens. Oh, yeah. the world's taken over by monsters. The, the, the monsters aren't trying to get out anyway. They're chilling. The only monsters uh, have any problems are these monsters up here trying to get in. Like, that's fine. Let them in and we'll close the door. Yeah, so he runs all the way back, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Well, he, uh, he sets off the thing uh, and then he they all run away, but he looks like he's not going to make it. But then he he does make it, I think. Like, he, yeah. we see him sort of escape it. Um, but, <laughs> but then this is the weird bit. So... Christian Slater and Tara Reid go out a different exit, and then it's suddenly day, and yeah. then we suddenly realise that like the orphanage where he grew up was one of the, like next to one of the entrances to this hell hole thing. Yeah, and there's like a dead nurse in the cupboard or something. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't. I think they were trying to go for some sort of big reveal about like his past. Yeah, but I, I, shit. I don't know. I didn't know what it meant. Oh, and then right at the end. They have the uh, walking through a desolate city. Yeah, but what did that mean? So like they 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 blew up the thing, avoided 
They all, made the, the all, the all the creatures coming out. Yeah. But then when they come out, everybody's gone. Like everybody's dead. The city's abandoned. They're walking around the streets. Yeah. And then there's just like an absolutely awful bit where it's the final <laughs> the final shot is a bit like and it's a bit evil dead esque where like something comes towards them and then suddenly they turn around to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's those creatures, how can they be out in daylight if they were hurt by the light? Day. Yeah. Because that so the gate gate hasn't been closed properly, it's doors left over. Like um uh they got run over <laughs> at the end. They're like, yeah, oh, there's yeah, no yeah, humans here. Oh no, there isn't. There's a van. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> they get on the, the fucking road. Get on the fucking road. He just pulls out his massive revolver. Boom, boom. Yeah. Fuck me. And then he spends the rest of his time in prison. Uh, and that's how it ends. So, not, not, <laughs> not the best. Oh, look at the end of the comments on this guy's um, plot sum- summary. He says, um, aren't the monsters hurt by light because the gate hasn't being closed properly. The door has been left open for a second instalment. In brackets, no, please. <laughs> so it's just there as confusing for other people. But there is a second instalment. There, um, there is. I'm not. I'm not going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? No. Not. On your, not on your Nelly. Uh, okay. Uh, we just have a look briefly at the at what the second film is allegedly about. Yeah. Yeah. You seem you seem pretty excited about that. Let's have a look. So. When the night falls and the creatures of the dark are crawling out of the shadows, there is only one man who stands between us and evil, Edward Carnby. That's him. That's our hero. Great, that's it. He's played now by Rick Yoon. Who's Rick Yoon? Um, Rick Yoon is um, the Asian dude who is the villain in Die Another Day. Remember the one with like all diamonds in his face? Yeah. Yeah, so they've made Edward Carnby Asian now. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, why not? Lance Henriksen's in it. It's funny when you look at the picture of the original game as well. Uh, but like the really, the really old game. Edward, like Edward some... Carver looks like Nigel Thornbury. Yeah, 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 yeah he does. <laughs> Cross between Nigel Thornbury and uh, Ed Flanders. At some point, they oh, decided wow. to make the game more that... resy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Well, I think resy kind of took some elements from the original. Hmm. Alone in the Dark, um, and I th- yeah, so I think it's kind of influenced a few different things. But yeah, it did it did eventually go a bit go a bit resy, but a bit resy, yeah. As far as one of the games I played was was pretty good. Did you see um, they're doing a remake, a reboot of Resident Evil film adaptation? I sure did, yeah. So apparently, it's going to be a lot more like Resident Evil Seven. That makes sense, and it's going to be directed by the guy who made Forty Seven Meters Down and The Strangers Pray at Night. Oh right, okay. I thought um, James Wan was possibly going to be attached to it, or is he just going to be a producer? Um, I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen I've Strangers seen... Pray at Night, um, but Forty Seven Me Meters Down was all right. I haven't seen that either. It was all right. Sharky, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that could be pretty cool. A reboot would be good. Hopefully, it won't suck. And then they make six sequels to it anyway. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as bad as the the thingy with Jobby ones. Um, but dude, I've got some trivia. This is oh, quite hard to do. Jesus. Um, I, I'm impressed. Number one, what did Alone in the Dark win in 2005? Uh, Razzies. Close. All it, the Razzies. It won a Stinker Award at the Stinkers in 2005. Very uh, nice. Number two, um, Ubol claims to have visited how many Michelin-star restaurants within a span of 10 years? Uh, 
500. 120. Apparently he's um, well into his food and he's since he's retired from filmmaking now, has opened a restaurant and has been getting uh, favourable reviews. Apparently he's doing quite well. Favourable? Um, yeah, he's, doing good. He's, he's even said that it turns out he had to open a restaurant to get some good reviews. So, well, yeah. who could have thought it? Yeah, who could have thought it? The filmmaking wasn't your forte, Uwe Boll. Yeah. Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. What number two, number three? What is the biggest amount Uwe lost on a film, as in the gross profit to uh, compared to budget? Ten million. No, it's more than that, and it? it's more than that. Just from looking at your face, fifty million. Lost Fifty million dollars lost on oh. something called "In the Name of a King," a dungeon oh, yeah. siege Jason, tale. Jason Statham. Well, I think really? Jason Statham is in the original. I haven't seen okay. it. I've just seen yeah. it. Fifty million. I I miffed you feel when you lose a tenner. I I feel pretty miffed when I lose a pound coin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um. So uh, so I was reading about. It. So he he doesn't the way he. The reason he makes films is because the Germany has a tax credit, which is similar to England. I don't that might change soon. Where if you're a business, uh, you pump fifty million, well, let's say ten million pound into a film, uh, you will get five million, forty percent, fifty percent of that knocked off of your taxes for that financial year. So if you're kind of making your money back anyway, I think so. He's probably done all right. He's probably he must have made his money somewhere else, and then he's just got all his money to pump into this. Yeah. Um, but okay, number four. You've got to be kidding me! What ridiculous thing did Uwe do to film critics in two thousand and six? Uh, what ridiculous thing did he do to them? He done a shit in a bag, and then he left it on one of their doorsteps. <laughs> I Pro- probably, I imagine that's probably true. But that's not the answer I'm looking for today. Uh, so, in 2006, he challenged several of his critics to a boxing match. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. And then proceeded this. to pummel their heads off. He like, beat them all up. He beat them up? Beat them all up, yeah. So, he won in, at the end, really. I'd rather, it, see, I'd rather see a dramatic retelling of that in film, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be quite cool. Um, and number five. Who did Uwe, Uwe originally want <laughs> for the lead roles? Of uh, Alone in the Dark. Who did he originally want? Uh, someone pretty famous? Yes, correct. It's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dolph Lundgren. Christian Beale and Jusica Ulbe. He wants a Christian Bale and Jessica Alba to play. Oh my um, God. Can you imagine? And then the role... Wait a minute, 2005? Then... What year did... Batman Begins come out 2005 I think yeah that's where you can do it so he wants Christine Bale and Jessica Alba to play the lead roles but he ended up with Christine Slater and Stephen Dorff um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Alone in the Dark yeah. need to rate the film oh do I have to I mean what is the lowest possible rating we do on Horror Hangout I wouldn't want to give a film an F it feels I don't know kind of mean what about S? <laughs> what S for shit? Shite. What are we saying? Are we saying F? Are we saying F is the very least we can give a film? I guess so. we normally do A. Yeah, because I think that's the way Andy worked out the percentages. So A to F, right? I'm gonna give it an F then, man. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I have to because you know it. 
I think that's the most extreme dislike for a film. Like, I was just so, so bored. It's weird, actually, because when I think about it, I wasn't actively hating this film. I was just bored. But Jigsaw, I was actively angry about that because that had some, like, chops to it, but it was just really lazy. And like, It's because sometimes you feel like a film, like it gets a lot of plaudits and it's popular and it's making money and it's, you know, it's, it's just doing well at the box office and people are like, Oh my God, have you seen a new Saw film? A new Saw film's out, all this shit. Oh, you and you watch Saw? it. <laughs> yeah, so, so. Can't help it. You see all that shit, you see all that shit yeah. that comes out with it, which is basically just like the hype, the whole hype train. And I yeah. go, you know, what, what looks nonsense. And yeah. even though it gets absolutely panned, critically mm. they probably still made a decent amount of money and then you just think about all the lazy lazy things that go into it like like the stuff you explained yeah i bet i bet just, Dewey put a lot of effort into getting this thing done like at the end of the day he made he's made not just one film he's made a lot of films um whereas i kind of feel like the filmmakers behind jigsaw were phoning it in uh, you know oh, yeah. I, was, I was at work today and i was overhearing a conversation about the last jedi and I heard someone say, it's the worst film I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not a massive fan of Last Jedi, but I was like, you haven't seen Alone in the Dark. <laughs> yeah. You haven't seen enough films to think that. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. This, this, this film is inept. The, the worst film they've ever seen. Like, I'm not going to attack that person that you work with, but that's just not true. Unless they've, unless they've watched no film. The Last Jedi, one film. The Last yeah. Jedi and The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the worst film I've ever seen. You've only seen two films. <laughs> well, yeah, but you got to got to rank them somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it um, an F as well. Uh, yeah, oh. but I feel bad about it. I hope. Let's have a look. Actually, Uwe Boll, he's got to have a semi decent. I hope he learned his lesson. Well, Uwe Boll. Suppose, you know what? I suppose he's he's sorted it out now. He's in the restaurant so, business. House of the Dead got absolutely critically panned. He made that um, something about the king, whatever you said. Um, he's directed a lot of stuff. So he directed Blood Rain. So another. Hang on a sec. What's this? Fuck you all. The Uwe Bowl story. 2018. 9.4 out of 10 on IMDb. What he's, is... he's, it's got one review and it's his, wasn't it? He couldn't even give his own film 10. He gave his own film <laughs> 9.4. I don't understand what that is. Fuck you, Uwe Bowl. Uh, maybe it's not maybe one made by him. So he he directed all three Blood Rain films. I've never seen any of those. Blood Rain, Blood Rain Two: Deliverance, Blood Rain: The Third Reich, um, Assault on Wall Street. His highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes is forty four percent of King Cobra in twenty sixteen. King uh, Cobra. Yeah, I mean, I, it isn't even down on his filmography page. Well, he's just a producer or oh, executive producer. He probably just put money in. Oh. That's, uh, what's his what's his best direction uh it doesn't say on thingy because it's just all mixed Far up right he also made it oh, just, i'm looking at all these posters and i just it just literally makes me feel sick he's in in the in a film called in the name of the king which had um jason statham ron perlman ray liotta burt As- reynolds Assault on, Assault on wall street he was the director then that's got 25 percent of rotten tomatoes i think that might be his highest rated only directed. There we go. Did you also see Alone in the Dark, which he directed? Did I see Alone in the Dark? <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, no. Uh, House of the Dead. Sorry. Uh, They're based on the based on the games. Uh, no? no, 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 no. So there was the first one, and there, and there was House of the Dead too. But uh, yeah, that that was utter utter dog shit as well. 
Alone in the Dark. Uh, sorry, Blood Rain Two has zero percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Well, and Some stinky uh, tomatoes. There was a House of the Dead too. Uh, we're just looking at the cast. Don't know why I'm telling you this. There was someone called Sticky Fingers was in House of the ah, Dead. Ah, Sticky Fingers, yeah, from uh, <laughs> the Sticky Fingers story. Yeah, I know him. Uh, he's, a, he's a rapper. His real name's Kirk Jones, but uh, yeah. his stage name is Sticky Fingers. And Sticky Fingers, what do you, what what could he mean by that? Well, he's, he's he must be in the he, Sticky Bandits. The, oh, yeah, uh, or, or or he's been mucking around with a Pritt stick. <laughs> mucking around with a Pritt stick. We've all done it. You know, we've all done it don't sniff it we all did that thing where we're making Warhammer models and we put the glue in our fingers and glue our fingers together that's what he's yeah. done and it's satisfyingly pulling them apart yeah. oh, sh- oh it's never going to come apart again and you a little panic moment so when you put your finger in a bottle and you think oh no I've gone too far and you suddenly <laughs> panic you can't get your finger out oh yeah. fuck me well, that's going like, to have to I'm, live like that, that now <laughs> imagine that moment when you're in A&E you feel like a right twat he got a saucepan on his head again hasn't he <laughs> Does that happen anymore? Do people get saucepans on their head anymore? I don't know that happened. How do they get stuck on their it head? Happens, happens in cartoons, doesn't it? Yeah. They must have, like, <laughs> must be making caramel or something. Like something super sticky. <laughs> <laughs> but then, if they're making caramel, why have they ended up putting it on their head? Well, it's a cartoon, isn't it? There's no logic there. <laughs> oh, so you're going to try and reason with me, and then you're just going to hit me with that. It's a cartoon, mate. Get over it. <laughs> God, take yeah. life so seriously. Okay, speaking of taking life seriously, um, what are we doing next week? Are we doing an end of year, end of year roundup thing? Yeah, so I think we will do a little roundup for the end of year. I guess we're going to talk about uh, our favorite horror films of the year, but also new discoveries. Um, what we're going to do now? We've done the finish, finish the list because we finished the list, and then we kind of been treading water a little bit, haven't we? Yeah, I feel like we need so, uh, a project in place we need a project we need a yeah. plan in place i know we've discussed perhaps watching a series of films by the same writer or the same director Ubal. possibly we're just gonna keep doing Ubal movies yeah because i think if we if we tackle another list i think we're possibly gonna end up you know it's gonna have a lot of the same films on it but you know i'm sure we could work something out any suggestions of course by listeners would yeah. be nice if there's anything you want to hear us review i think we us- could we could take several of the best of horror films ever lists yeah and we could collate a b list out of all of the ones that we haven't yeah, that, seen on there that could be a good idea yeah the the b list b list yeah uh did you know um b movies that term comes from um when you think of b movie you think of like roger corman movies and that kind of thing like yeah uh, but b movie just meant the film that used to play before the big movie like the big premiere, yeah. Roger Corman films were never B movies; they were always A movies. Oh, Just to uh, leave, leave you with, with that, the... yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna it's be thinking about that all night, man. Yeah, um, I think uh, Rosemary's Baby was a B movie, wasn't it? I think that was paired up with something else when it came out. Uh, oh, really? Oh, the Wicker Man. I think the Wicker Man was a B movie for. I mean, that's not what you think of about when you think about a B movie. That's not what comes to mind. Definitely not. Tits and folk songs. No. <laughs> Tits and f- yeah, and burning. Yeah. Okay, man. Um, this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovacs Cameron for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a f- uh, five star rating review on iTunes. Remember to subscribe. And thanks to my co host, Ben, for being a right or a dude. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you so much. 
for everything. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.